So, I take on this Damon Ace. Damon, let me tell you something. Myself and my friends will be traveling to your Colorado Springs CSW. And it's your debut. And it's my debut. But in the end, only one big man shall stand tall. And that is me, the monster. So come Saturday, I hope you bring your A-game ace. Because in the end, all that you're going to see is the final destruction I leave CSW in. I'll see you Saturday, Mr. Ace. <laughs> November 16th at CSW, I make my debut in Colorado Springs Wrestling. And as has come to my attention, Monster 9 is going to be debuting there as well. He's traveling all the way from New Mexico to come and take on the weapon in Damon Ace. A man stepping in to my territory. A man walking in to my ring. But that's just it, isn't it? You're just a man. There is no monster. There is no psych ward. There is just a man who claims he's a monster when in reality you just cower behind a mask. You go on Facebook to play your games and that's fine. As I've said before, I am not in this to be another player. I am not a teardrop. I am a goddamn tidal wave. I am a tropical storm in shorts, and I will only path of destruction that will be left is the one that I bring to you and your freak show. The thing you don't understand is I'm not like the other men you faced, Monster 9. I am a new breed. I am the ace of Colorado. I am that pale rider on the back of a dark horse. You view me as an underdog. And why? Because you have your buddies and your bearded girlfriend to help you out? Fine. Bring them. Because that is one thing for certain. There has never been a monster that a weapon hasn't slain. So November 16th at CSW, don't worry. I will bring my A-game. Because in a world full of kings, queens, and jokers like you, there can only be one ace. Minefields, Andy Rassel Report, Issue 22, Monster 9. are from Hatch and I have some family from uh, that area yeah I haven't been home in quite a while but uh, I need to make it home to at least Albuquerque at least to see a lot of my family it's been a, it's been a long time hell we didn't even make it uh, home to get any green chili this year oh wow yeah everybody uh, is about their green chili over here but I can't wait to see your match on uh, on Saturday man Oh uh, yeah, definitely. And thank you again for uh, having me. Yeah, it's Saturday. Um, apparently, I was supposed to face Bromac. Um, that that uh, I guess fell through because he had an injury. Yeah, he's a cool guy. So he then, got uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I uh, he sent me uh, a DM letting me know that uh, I would be facing one of his uh, good 
training partners there, like a friend pretty much, and um, asked who it was, and he told me it would be uh, Damon Ace. So I looked this cat up, and uh, he's he's a pretty big guy. I mean, I've, I've wrestled some pretty big guys before, but it's... I mean, I, I think I've even had a uh, Hunter Gray at one time here in uh, actually in Albuquerque for Phase One. Uh, I wrestled Hunter Gray, and that was a uh, an experience all on its own. So I'm pretty sure the Damon Ace is going going to be a uh, an experience also. Well, I, I, pr- I appreciate you saying that about him, man. Uh, he's actually a personal friend of mine, and it's one of the ones I'm really looking forward to. I've seen everything I can find of you on YouTube, and I've seen you wrestle before. So I know this is going to be a really kick-ass match. Um, what did you think when you first saw him? I mean, like, uh, Damon has only been wrestling for the better part of a year, but he's really, like, shot up here in the ranks, like, fast. Um, my first impression seeing his stuff was uh, big guy, athletic, uh, probably heavy hitter. And then, um, just like you said, he's been, what, maybe a year in the game. Uh, I have probably about just over a year as a pro uh, uh, in the actual um, field now. So um, I think both of us are coming up pretty quick uh, in, in our areas. Um, I tend to travel a lot more, so uh, I noticed that on mine. But uh, he is well known in uh, Colorado there. So um, I think uh, he has uh, the advantage <laughs> with the... Uh, with the fan base there, which is awesome because um, I'm hoping to put on a banger with him so he could uh, uh, show Colorado that he can that he can hang with some of these uh, bigger boys that come in from uh, different states. He's a he's a good guy, man, and yeah, we're we're doing our best to build Colorado into a wrestling state. Like my goal is to make it as popular the way people think of when they think of Chicago when they know that it's going to be a wrestling crowd and. Uh, we're developing a pretty good wrestling crowd here in in the state, not just in particular territories within within the state. And I, I believe this is his first time wrestling for CSW. Is, is it yours as well? Uh, yes, first time for CSW. I think the first time I went out to Colorado was uh, Iron Hills. I was helping. Yeah, I was helping out Chewy uh, Chewy Martinez. Um, I was. A, put in contact with him through my trainers uh they have worked with chewy in the past and they're like hey you know uh hit chewy up uh ray basura uh ray basura is actually um friends with uh, chewy also and uh he uh he contacted me and said hey you know uh chewy got some stuff going on i thought you want to come out to iron hill so i think that was like my first time there and then uh i did uh what was a at the time called ray and jerry's it was the first show um, totally took in that show as the first time trying to see what it was about. And, uh, yeah, it was a crazy show. A lot of, uh, a lot of marijuana going around, uh, a lot of dabs of just a whole crazy different atmosphere of wrestling. Um, so yeah, my, my first time was Ray and Jerry's and then Iron Hills. And then, uh, I haven't been out since just been doing, uh, Colorado, uh, California, and then now trying to get back into Colorado, but CSW will be my first time there, so it'll be my debut there. Well, let's uh, let's talk about you, um, Mr. Monster. Like, how did you get started? Um, well, uh, my background: I am a second generation um, wrestler. My uh, my my father was training uh, with my uncles, who were all professional wrestlers here in uh, New Mexico. Travel the territory days. Um, so my father trained, but passed away when I was, uh, probably about, I would say two years old, maybe just a little before I turned two, he passed away. Sorry to hear that. And I, oh, no, thank you. Thank you. But, um, yeah, he, he, he passed away in a car accident. So, uh, my uncles pretty much, uh, one of them's name was, uh, Chino Sanchez, his, his daddy Sanchez, but he used to go by the super destroyer, uh, El Vampiro, um, uh, sweet Danny uh, Sanchez. I mean, just a bunch of different aliases. Uh, so I got started training in Belen with them with uh, ICPW. I used to be like the towel boy, uh, go sweep the ring kind of deal. We'll show you some chops. We'll show you some uh, some basics. 
And uh, that's where I got started when I was about, I would say, 11, uh, all the way up to about 18 years old. And that's where I actually uh, met Hobo Hank and Soul Rack Thunder, uh, which are some of the local guys we have here who are the uh, some of the hometown heroes. Uh, my uncle was training with them and training them at the time. So uh, I grew up kind of seeing these guys. And then when I turned 18, I turned everything over to doing a strongman competition. So I jumped out of professional wrestling completely and I did strongman, um, some semi-pro football stuff, uh, did some uh, CrossFit uh, competitions, but mostly strongman. And then uh, one day I went to a DWO show here in Albuquerque uh, and it just took me back to my days when I was training and I was like, well, you know what, I'm 30 well i was 35 at the time i was like you know i'm already retired from uh competitive lifting and all this crazy stuff that i was doing so i was like well let me give this a shot and then um got in contact with D dwo and uh they kind of uh guided me from there i kind of had to take in the training again and everything was had to be refreshed and and going through the motions and uh, i trained with josh thomas uh, and uh, Dexter, uh, which is uh, William Van Deer, and uh, Johnny K, which is uh, John Gruen. They are um, cool guys. They're from the, the Death Rage Cartel, uh, one of the bigger trios we had here in Albuquerque. Uh, they kind of took me in with the rest of the trainees and trained me. So I was started training uh, back in... 2018 of June of 2018. So June 2nd of 2018 was my first uh, training session. And then I worked uh, pretty much from there. I started my first debut as a pro um, October of that year. Uh, let's uh, rewind a little bit. Tell me more about your competitive lifting days. Oh man, those were, uh, those are the fun days. Um, uh, so I did competitive lifting. I did like local stuff here in town. Uh, I did some stuff in El Paso. It was pretty much strongman, uh, big boulder stuff, um, pulling, pulling uh, vehicles, deadlifting. Um, I was doing that for maybe I would say about ten years, and uh, got really into fitness. So I was really fit at the time. Uh, just just taking in as much as I can in. in and uh, the competitive lifting, just lifting every day, uh, going to local gyms, doing some of the uh, smaller little uh, competitions they had. Uh, that's why I can work, try to work up to the bigger leagues. But unfortunately, a uh, a shoulder injury took me out of competition for about two years. And uh, I kind of just sat there and uh, got depressed and uh, couldn't really lift anything as heavy as I wanted to. Couldn't really go compete. So I was just doing small training sessions and whatnot and then uh i did my first competition here in albuquerque i came in like sixth place uh some bigger bigger dudes here some stronger guys, uh, very stronger guys here so i was i was kind of put in my place right away and kind of knew that even those two years being you know taken off from the from the scene kind of put me a hundred steps back so uh I continued to try to do it until the injury to my shoulder uh, that was previous kind of uh, kind of threw me out, out of, the, of the, that game completely just because I couldn't lift, you know, that press that 400 pounds anymore, press that 500 pounds over my head. Um, so now it, it might, you know, it went from being able to do 500 pounds easy to only being able to do 300. And uh, so like I said, just doing that for almost, you know, uh, 10 11 years i think uh tried uh tried out for semi-pro football uh kind of bounced around in that for a few months and then uh just decided that uh that was a little too much uh also you know being here you gotta make ends meet so working full-time jobs and stuff between those uh just kind of just kind of wore me out and like i said that's when i kind of just retired from all physical competition at that point and eventually moved into pro wrestling how did you uh before we get to talking about pro wrestling uh this is a subject that's near and dear to my heart as well as a lot of our listeners uh, if you don't mind uh sharing this if you don't i understand how did you get over that depression uh when you couldn't compete anymore and and did did you did it like 
a, a lot of the people I've talked to that have hit those road bumps, you know, you know, they hit the bottle, they got to get over even that and then get back on, on their feet. I mean, what happened? I mean, how'd you get over it? Uh, my family, um, for a lot of people that do know my personal, uh, life, uh, I, I, I am, uh, I do have other half. Um, I have many, many, many children. Most people say I have nine children, but that is a myth. Uh, but I do have a handful of children. So, uh, being active in their life and, uh, just being around them, uh, more so than I was, uh, with the traveling and the competing and stuff. Um, and, and being at the gym 24 seven, uh, being around my kids is what helped me, uh, just living my everyday life and going to work and coming home and having my peaceful time at night. And, uh, before bedtime, you know, get that hour in where I was able to be alone and think about what I wanted to do and where my goals were and where my priorities lied. And, uh, that's kind of what pushed me to get over that depression because, uh, I had, uh, you know, at that, at that point I see that there was more to my life than just, uh, the lifting and the, the competitive part. I, you know, I had a family and, uh, I had these, uh, small children who, who depended on me to, to be a dad also. So that's what helped me, uh, fight through that. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that with me, man. Now, when it comes to, um, pro wrestling, uh, how does your mom, your your family feel about you getting into a business that you are, you know, your family's a, you know notorious for, and knowing those pitfalls before you even knew what they were? Uh, well, my uh, other half wasn't uh, very happy and pleased. I was going back into some kind of active competition. Uh, my kids uh, understood. I have I have a lot a lot of daughters, uh, one son and five daughters. Um, but my daughters understood, uh, my son being the, being the baby of the bunch, he's a toddler still. Uh, but my daughters knew that, uh, what competing meant to me and what competing did for me within myself and, uh, how much I missed it. And, uh, they saw pictures of their, their uncles and their great uncles and, uh, great, great uncles and their, and their grandfather and everybody that was, um, in the industry, uh, back when my family actually was really into the, 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 the scene of wrestling here. Um, they seen pictures, they heard the stories, they seen video and then, uh, they were just okay with it. Um, they're really okay with it. My, uh, my brothers and my, my sister, my aunts who, uh, were, they all grew up in the industry too. They, my brothers and sisters and everybody who grew up also in it, they were like very, uh, happy that I was to, uh, able to continue on what our family has done for many years prior because none of my, uh, my siblings took on the, uh, the role to wrestle. I mean, I'm the larger one in my family. So, uh, my brothers are s- smaller guys. So they just decided wrestling wasn't their thing. They didn't like the aggression with it. And, uh, they didn't like to hit people or chop them. That was it or to be chopped. That was their big thing. Uh, my sister was, uh, didn't j- jump into it either. So when I, when I went back into it, they were proud which my family, my daughters and my other half seen that, uh, how proud my family was of what I was trying to do and continue on our, our legacy and our family. Uh, they just accepted it more. And then I think now more so being traveling every weekend and being gone Friday, Saturday, Sundays and, and training, you know, Monday through Friday, if I can get in that Friday, you know, between the ring training and gym training and at home training, um, and reviewing tape and working a normal job, um, they, they've accepted it pretty well, <laughs> pretty well. Is there any pressure because of your family lineage to succeed or they, they don't put any real weight on you for that? They just believe in you. Um, they, they don't put any weight on it. It's, um, they know I, I'll get somewhere with it. I, I have a real good, uh, a good strong feeling that it's going to be a little more than just, just the local stuff. I know, um, recently I've been on, uh, like party hard wrestling, which is on, uh, independent, uh, wrestling 
uh, com. So uh, there's a lot of stuff going on there with a lot of different companies. So I, I know I've been on Party Hard recently. I'll be going back to uh, to do that uh, this Friday, actually. So like um, the pressure's not really there, but I'm kind of going. I'm kind of gaining momentum really fast, and the group of guys that I ride with uh, are gaining that momentum with me. That it's actually. Um, my family are a little more concerned that it may be a little too much right away. So I think that there's not that push for this to be successful in order to have that goal, but just, are you going to be okay going this fast with it? That's a, that's a good point And definitely something that you really got to think about. Cause I've had the same problem in my life where I got too big, too fast and yeah, you think you can handle it, but then all of a sudden there's, unknown unknowns that come into the picture and all of a sudden you find yourself a little bit lost it's nice that they would you know warn you about those sort of things yeah definitely um mostly it mostly came from my like my other half she was uh concerned of the uh the mental state of it all um being you know everyone knows it. and what's funny is a lot of people think wrestlers we live this glorious life of traveling most people don't know it's you see the inside of a vehicle or a train or a bus or you know whatever the plane you're in whatever you're, you're in this small little vessel just traveling and the most you see is maybe a gas station bathroom or the roadside where you have to stop because there is no bathroom for the next 200 miles um no, you know, I, you're, I've seen it. I've seen the bearded lady in the bathroom at a, at a, at a truck stop. I saw, I saw, I saw the stories. <laughs> oh, that bearded lady. That is a, yeah, that one's a whole different story. That's a, That's a, one of my training uh, partners. But uh, yeah, everybody thinks you live this beautiful lifestyle of traveling and all that. And my other half just wanted to make sure that I was going to be mentally stable for, you know, the, the, the being deprived of sleep and, being stuck in a vehicle with four to five other guys who you may not always see eye to eye with. And they're kind of like your brothers. You want to punch them in the mouth from time to time or kick them out of the truck at a hundred miles an hour because they've irritated you for the past four hours. Uh, but uh, I think, uh, yeah, the, the, it, was, it was the mental part. Now, earlier you mentioned that you're one of the bigger uh, dudes in your family. Uh, what are your stats? Uh, how tall are you? Uh, what do you What are you wrestling at? Uh, well, I'm six two, and with our boots, <laughs> I'm about six two and a half. So I do get that extra half inch from wearing boots, uh, but I usually get billed around six three. Uh, my true weight is about 330, which I'm actually a lot smaller than I used to be. Uh, when I was actually a competitive lifter, I was about 365 pounds and really a lot of muscle mass. So I was just really big, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty big. My brothers are maybe five, five, eight, five, nine. Um, that would be the tallest one and maybe 180 pounds. So they're not very big guys. Um, they're uh, very small. My sister's like five four, hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah, I should probably say less than that, but I'm sorry, sister. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm uh, exactly the same height as you, and my sister's like five eight. And uh, the one thing you got to make sure you don't do first off, piss off a Latina because. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, that's one thing you don't ever want to do. Uh, a lot of times, my friends are like, "Why are you only uh, only date like these type of girls?" I'm like, "Because I grew up with uh, two overbearing Mexican women. I'm uh, I'm good." <laughs> and and uh, he, my sister just punches straight up, man. Like even since she was little, like she'd get mad and just right in the gut. And uh, you gotta you gotta be careful, even if they're little girl, <laughs> or you're messing with your little sister, or you're fighting some dude that might be short. He can he can fuck you up. <laughs> Oh, no, definitely. My sister's tiny, but uh, I've I've seen her walk up to a man and punch him straight in his mouth just because she didn't like what was coming out of it at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brothers are the same way. They're small but mighty, but uh, they're more of the uh, the quieter of the bunch. Like they they don't really like the violence, which I'm all about physical contact and being physical. <laughs> 
the shit man in Albuquerque, you could she could have done that in front of a cop, and the cop would have shrugged and been like, "You shouldn't have been talking shit." <laughs> oh, d- dude, I seen something like that. Uh, I want to say maybe a month ago, the lady walked up to the guy, punched him in the mouth. There's cops standing there in between them, but they just look at them. They just like back her up. But yeah, she she popped him square in the face and. They just like, okay, no, stand back. I'm like, wow, okay. So that's it's that easy just to punch somebody these days. Yeah, it's not like back in the day when you can get in a fight at a punk bar and be able to come back the next day, pay your tab, and still hang out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's that 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 was a whole that, that's a whole different uh beast as I've been I don't know if you knew, um I also was a musician from the age of sixteen. Uh, going all the way into, I want to say, 2017 was my last show. Uh, so I played uh, late night bar gigs in Albuquerque, like the Launchpad, Sunshine, uh, and some heavy you, metal bands. You read my mind. I was about to say, if uh, you were doing that at that time, I probably saw you at the Launchpad or the Sunshine. Sunshine was my my favorite place to go see, like, Bigger bands, I mean, like, I saw Disturbed at, like, uh, like one of the bigger places. It wasn't at the Pit. I, I can't remember. It was downtown. But, like, the Launchpad was the best place to see, the, like, the up-and-coming bands with the Sunshine, man. I saw Soulfly there. I saw Cold Chamber. I saw Static X. Uh, I, I probably saw you open up for one of those guys before, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've been in bands, and we've opened up for uh, Mushroom Head. We did... Uh uh stitched up hard. I mean there was hell uh there was I can't remember the band's name. They came from like uh Norway or something like that. These dudes were like no English speaking kind of guys. They're like no shoes. They're like, no, we don't do that. We don't we we're gonna drink beer like this and eat this chicken right here and it just kinda reminded me of Hunter Gray. If you ever if anybody's ever seen Hunter Gray at a uh a feast he he has a full chicken on a fork and has these giant yams or, or sweet potatoes and he's just one a sweet potato in one hand and a chicken in the other and this is what these dudes remind me of these just big gargantuan dudes just scarfing down food and drinking beer and uh you know yeah i played with some dudes that have been uh, just craziness and uh i played uh launch pad a lot i guess because every band in Albuquerque that I was in you was up to. and coming. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a tradition. Do you remember a it was it was it was uh it was off central. It was man, it was not like direct directly off central, it was maybe like one or two blocks like east, but it was this old abandoned house where people put on punk and metal shows and the whole like the 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 the, the second story half of it was like gone. And the other half was like people just standing there. Do like, you remember that place? Ah, uh, yeah, I I do. I I I remember kind of. I went there once, but at that time, uh, I was uh, I was I was always drinking on those late nights. So when I when I was younger too, so uh, it was I wasn't always a good boy. But uh, <laughs> I never thought of you as a yeah, good boy. I, really. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember going there a few times, but I always tried. To, uh, when I wasn't playing in any bands or anything like that or playing, I tried to stay away from downtown Albuquerque because if anybody knows downtown Albuquerque, and, and you mentioned the bearded lady earlier. Now, the bearded lady actually had a fight that she caught on her on her Instagram of these two dudes fighting downtown Albuquerque. And uh, if you go downtown Albuquerque, if you go down there, you, 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 it's like you're, you're going to fight. Like there's something yeah. that's going to happen. We uh, before we went to that uh, that venue I was talking about. It was a Halloween night, and we were stopped. I was dressed as the crow. This is had to have been two thousand and one, uh, and we were following some friends. And my friend's buddy kept throwing bottle rockets out of the out of the car uh, under my truck, and we parked behind the the frontier. And I beat his ass behind the frontier. We went inside and ate, and went to that place. Uh, that punk place I was telling you about and there was like a Halloween costume contest and the guy that won was this big fat guy. Uh, he had like jorts on and just a t-shirt, an afro, an afro wig, like some aviators and a big giant dildo just hanging out of his zipper and he won the whole damn contest. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> 
that's 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 awesome. That's an Albuquerque night. Like it was like like you know I, I roughed this guy up. Okay, I'm sorry. We go in. Okay, you said you're sorry. Let's go eat before we go. You know, do some more stuff. And I, I miss those nights, man. I I don't miss those nights. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's more of a, it's more of a nostalgic thing. Like, I'm glad they happened. Like, luckily I never got busted for doing nothing too stupid, but let's get back to you. Uh, we've talked about your, your upbringing. Let's talk about the monster. Where'd the monster come from? Oh, that's, that's everybody's question. Uh, where did the monster come from? Well, uh, it's a bit of a story, but if, if you're ready for it, I'm, I'll, I'll, throw, I'll try to make it as short and sweet as possible. Uh, actually, um, make it as long as so possible. I, That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I'll, I'll give you the, the sweet detail of uh, of how I became the monster. Um, so when I started training uh, with my trainers, you know, they're, they're known as the DRC, the Death Rage Cartel. They were all over the Southwest here. Uh, their gimmicks were serial killers. So he, as these serial killers, if you ever, if anybody ever uh, goes to YouTube, if you look up Death Rage Cartel, DWO or Destiny Wrestling Organization, or uh, Hardway U, um, or Team, I'm sorry, Team Hardway, um, kind of scroll through some of that Hardway stuff, that Team Hardway, you'll find stuff from um, the DWO Death uh, Death Rage Cartel uh trio and those dudes are serial killers so the concept behind it was i started training with these guys and they're like well we're gonna have a show a dwo show coming up everybody's getting spots our trainees are gonna be put here and there some of you will be security some of you will be in the actual show uh some of you have trained enough to work uh, a, a actual rumble so uh they're like jay you're the biggest guy here uh what's your gimmick so I explained, I'm going to wear a mask. I'm going to be scary, almost monster-like. So I kind of, I got I got my mask made, my first one that was made, uh, the red and black one. What year was that? Uh, I took it to practice. That was actually in 2018. Um, that was the first one I had made of the Monster 9, and that was, I want to say, in August of 2018. Um, had that made by a mask maker in uh, Florida goes by the name of H7 uh, Hunter is his first name. So he, he made that, sent it over to me. I took that to my trainers. They're like, okay, we like that. What is the nine stand for? I said, hell, I don't know. I thought it would just look cool in the forehead. And they're like, okay, you're Monster Nine. But before you're Monster Nine, you're Monster Mine. So you're like mine, M-I-N-E, like mine. I'm like, okay. okay. So, uh we, we get to this part where we're doing the DWO show. They're like, there's a spot for you where uh, Johnny K, he, uh, Johnny K is part of the Death Rage Cartel, is part of that trio I spoke of, uh, of my trainers. So they're like, you're going to be put over by Johnny K. Uh, you're going to come out as his monster. So at first I said, okay, this makes no sense, but okay. They're like, but you're not wearing your full nine mask yet. You're wearing a half mask. Can you get one made? I was like, well, I made my own masks in the past for my uh mu- my music stuff so definitely I, I can make this leather one real quick so i made this little half uh leather mask kind of like a hannibal lecter deal um wore a security a white security uniform like a like a shirt uh the black cargo pants with the little fake badge on it and uh covered my face with a little bit of black paint and uh blood and called myself monster mine uh, the concept behind my look was uh, Johnny K was uh, a serial killer, was put into a uh, mental institution, um, and I was a guard that worked there. So it was it's almost like that Joker and Harley Quinn deal where not where I fall in love with them, but where he manipulates uh, mind games and all that and gets into right. my head, basically turns me into a um, one of his like disciples. So in that DWO show, I come out with Johnny K, and uh, that's the show where I, I'm supposed to kill off Josh Payne, uh, because at that time, DWO was taking a break from uh, running shows in Albuquerque, which uh, they've only had uh, one show pretty much since that time. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, the part where I'm supposed to take uh, 
Josh Payne out, throw him in the back of a truck. Uh, Johnny K and uh, Dexter uh, were supposed to be like planning this. We're killing DWO off, you know, take them, kill them. Because at that time, Josh, uh, Josh Payne was like the anti-hero. He broke away from the from the Death Rage cartel to uh, to pretty much kind of help DWO stay active. And the Death Rage cartel wanted to pretty much close it down. So the storyline was uh, I kill off Josh Payne with the guys and DWO takes a break. So they uh, introduced me in that show as Monster Mine. And then uh, I did an indigenous con uh, at Isleta Casino with them uh, a few weeks later where I came out as Monster uh, Monster Mine again. And then when I did my first show in Tucson uh, for CLW, for Cactus League Wrestling, um, I was uh, partners with Johnny K. They actually announced me as Monster Nine. And uh, that's where I wore the Nine mask and uh, was able to wear that full face out there. Uh, but before that, I kind of did some like small exhibition matches at uh, Top of Texas in December of 2018. And then CLW was January of 2019. Uh, so... I kind of wore that half mask and the full face in between that time frame, but my first like debut with that mask as Monster Nine was at uh, Cactus League Wrestling in January, and then I came out with the uh, dirty, bloody white T-shirt with the badge on it, the cargo pants, kind of just looking like a backyard wrestler that bought everything at Party yeah. City, which I was told pretty much is what I look like, and and I was told this by some of the vets who were just looking at me like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, uh, it's the cheapest way to make myself look gory and gross. I'm not going out buying some $300 gear so I can mess it up with this fake blood. So, uh, yeah, I got a lot of crap for that. But, um, so I did that show as monster nine with the full face. And then, uh, from that point I started going to like top of Texas and uh, HIW in Tucson. So uh, those were where I was just wearing the mask. It was the black and uh, red mask with the nine that was carved in the forehead. So I was wearing that one for a bit, dressed with the white shirt. And then um, after that, it just I, I kind of evolved into what Monster Nine is now. Um, the carnival gimmick came with it later on with uh, a good friend of mine, Carney Rob, who was in DWO. Uh, he is, uh, he's not active in the scene because he, due to an injury, he got, uh, he was taken out around, uh, I want to say November of 2018, uh, taken out of full, uh, active competition. So for about three months after that, uh, after that injury, he kind of managed the group, the carnival, which consists of myself, monster nine, um, happy, the clowns, Mr. Happy, the clown. But at the time, he was going by Bago and Pago and Happy and Slappy and by just a bunch of different clown names. And then uh, we brought in the Bearded Lady, which at that time, he had a gimmick I think he called like Duke Jacobs. So we brought in uh, uh, Jacob, uh, which is a Bearded Lady, and Chris, which is uh, Mr. Happy. And I evolved into this new nine character that I look like now. Uh, carry the nooses, the three nooses, and um, sort of paying uh, like homage to the DRC uh, with the three members, with the three nooses, That's and then awesome. the uh, little small thing of fake uh, fake skin, which is just leather I carry around. It has like hands and pieces of faces. Um, That's supposed to be uh, like uh, like a homage also to my to my uh, creator, which is the DRC. So that's kind of like how I became, you know, became from the DRC, from serial killers, out of a mental hospital, um, released with Johnny K into the world where I became a leader of a carnival. Uh, don't know how it kind of, it, it kind of was weird how that happened, but now the Monster Nine of the carnivals, it's kind of a different Monster Nine from the DRC, like I said, just involved different. So, yeah, that's that's Monster Nine, and it's boring entirety <laughs> no, that, that, nothing about that was boring which is why I, I didn't interrupt you uh i do want to know what does the mask do for you in regards to 
your performance as a wrestler and as a performer? It hides my terrifying, hideous face. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> uh, it, um, when you go out there uh, to perform, you have to become that character. For me, the mask, the mask lets me become that character. Um, it lets me, um, it gives me that like, um, kind of like that will inside to be that, that, that person that, cause everybody that knows me, you know, personally knows I'm just like this big teddy bear. I'm a nice guy. I, I can be a, a, a hole sometimes, but I think that's everyone. But, uh, I'm a, I'm a pretty nice guy. I'm a pretty like a gentle giant. So like for me to have that mask, that mask is, oh, it just carries a lot of like anger and, uh, hatred and uh just destruction so when i put that on it it and i walk out there it, all i'm thinking at the time is destroy and pretty much beat the crap out of the person that's going to be across from me let's uh let's talk about the albuquerque scene do you guys have like a regular like monthly show going on and if not what happened well it used to be uh six shows a year um, it was Destiny Wrestling Organization. They had that going for quite some time, but I know the guys uh, had been running it for some time. They just decided to take a break. Um, those are my trainers, so they're just taking a break from it. Everything's kind of on hiatus. Uh, we the Albuquerque scene was good when it was here. Uh, we had our champ like um, Chad Thomas is uh, still the heavyweight champion of Destiny Wrestling Organization. He uh, He's out of Amarillo, Texas. He, he's actually running PWP, uh, Prevail, I think, yeah, Prevail Wrestling Pro. Uh, that's that new company out of Amarillo. Um, so he's our heavyweight champion here still for Destiny Wrestling Organization. Uh, and then we have Manny Lemons, who is our uh, full access champion for, for Destiny Wrestling Organization. And he actually uses that title up in uh, Devotion in devotion wrestling in uh, utah so he he has that title sometimes active there for uh, for some of the matches for uh, for the guys to kind of compete for with him uh as he defends it we used to have gino rivera which is gino to told you so everyone knows gino gino's out there crushing things in the indie scene right now with the uh, cactus league and all those other guys uh, but uh, he was our champion for a while, so our scene was pretty big. We had a bunch of big names here. We did a lot of uh, WWE legends. We had Raven. We've had uh, Eric Bischoff. So it was always a good scene. I know there's another company out there, XCW, which is a Cruiser CXW. As I know, it's from Las Cruces. Cruces Extreme Wrestling. So yeah, CS, uh, CXW. Those guys are. Uh, lucha based so it's a lot of luchador stuff a lot of lucha libre um stuff i've seen uh, some of the stuff their guys do very talented guys i know r3 from uh arizona comes down and wrestles for that company that company is actually still active and has shows uh every here and, and there they're not monthly or they're not bi-monthly but they're kind of just thrown in between like every two to three months you'll see them throw a show uh, just depending on it. And I think why our scene is so scarce here now, it's because our athletic commission is kind of a, the downfall to it. Uh, you pay out more money, I guess, to have a show than you're going to, to receive back uh, to pay out talent, uh, to pay out everything in the end. Insurance is uh, making sure that everyone here that comes into New Mexico also has to be licensed through the athletic commission Shit, and has to fill out an application. And, oh, dude, it's, it's way expensive. It's so you're paying for not only every single big star you have coming through for a license, but you're having all your local guys and other local States, uh, in the, in the, in the area, in the Southwest area paying for the uh, guys paying to get licensed to wrestle here. Yeah. Plus you have your, paramedics your doctor because you have to be checked before and after uh blading uh gigging here is pretty much illegal like you can't be doing that because they no will color. call you out on it the doctor that's there no color or they catch you on gigging 
you, you, you can't gig. They like don't like it. Like if the doctor will ask you, did you gig yourself? Like if you go in the back first, if you have to get stitches or someone's looking at it, they'll, they'll try to look at it and kind of see if you gig yourself, if, if or it's a legit actual uh, injury. Um, I think just here because of how the health department and everything's working hand in hand with the athletic department and, and the athletic commission and all that stuff is just, it's all hand in hand. So, um, it kind of throws you for that loop. Like I said, there's, there's just so much you put out for, uh, financially with these shows. It's so hard to get the return back, uh, to even pay out talent sometimes. So, uh, it, it's very scarce here. Now uh, you don't see many shows you see, like I said, maybe, um, the, uh, the crucis has put on a show once in a great while. I know, uh, destiny wrestling organization is taking some time to, uh, uh to just take a break from everything because it's, it's, they've running shows for years here and uh i know everybody kind of just needs time away so it's, it's kind of what they did which is uh which is good and which is bad because everybody misses their their destiny wrestling organization uh, shows here i mean there's a lot of people that ask me about them but uh i only have so much info i can give them and that's like pretty much what i give gave you now is like a, just the guys taking a break and uh they should be back active soon um if not, uh, people hit them up, let them know that you like, you know, you like the show and you wanted them to, uh, you want them to continue running some shows for you. So, uh, see what they can cook up. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much, I mean, the scene here is, is whack. <laughs> so that's why we travel so much now. Now, uh, you, you travel a lot. Uh, how does the Colorado crowd compare to other states, California, Arizona, I mean, are the guys in Arizona a lot more crazy or are the guys in Colorado a lot more, uh, you know, respectful? Any, any big differences or preferences? Uh, definitely, yeah. Every state has its weirdness or craziness or um, just different way of, of, of life of the, uh, the pro wrestling scene. I mean, Colorado for me – Oh man, that was an experience all on its own. It was, um, the crowd was, uh, they're, they're into what was going on. Uh, kind of, um, kind of like more of an intimate, smaller crowd feel for some of the shows, the shows that I was at. It was, um, you felt like, you know, if maybe the hundred people that were in that building, uh, you were able to kind of connect with all of them. Uh, because they, 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 all that hundred people were focused right on you because you were the only thing in the room actually moving around at the time. Um, versus like, if you go to, uh, like California, like Barstow, California, uh, when I go wrestle out there, uh, for destination six, a majority of the crowd are children and these children are bloodthirsty, <laughs> dude, you have no idea, like, they want color, these kids want color, like, they don't want, like, I don't want to see him drop kick him, I want to see him hit him with that bat wrapped in barbed wire, and I want to see him bleed. I was at a, uh, my first Smackdown at one of my best friends, uh, his bachelor party was, he, he got us, like, fourth row seats at a Smackdown in Tulsa, and, uh, there was this little kid, I want to say he was six years, maybe seven years old, he was tiny, and he got more chance over than probably any person in the history of wrestling in one damn show. He he was so, like, uh, this was back when uh, Lana, <laughs> the first instance of Lana cheating on Rusev, uh, and uh, Rusev came out with Summer Ray, and this little kid started jumping up and down in his seat, we hate you! We want Lana, and then everyone just got kind of confused for a second, realized we all wanted the same thing, and the whole place is chanting, we want Lana, because this one kid on fourth row freaked out, and he got like four chants over that night, and I love watching the little kids get into it, especially when y'all interact with them, uh, when they know you can, the, when they know what you're doing, and they can kind of fight back and you know kind of talk shit that's that's what it's all about in 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 the purest form in my my opinion uh, yeah yeah definitely you know um like in uh, like i said in uh california and barstow uh, there was two brothers that act they they actually went out to the lobby area because uh when you leave the, the the arena ring area you pass the lobby real quick 
and you go up these stairs that takes you to their locker room, uh, to the men's and women's locker room. But the kids will stand right there at the stairway and wait for you. So these two brothers, maybe one was like 10 and the other one was 12, <laughs> waited. Yeah, they waited for me at the end of this, those steps. And they're like, you're a, and they just went off with so many cuss words. <laughs> I mean, I was like, holy crap, are you serious right now? <laughs> and uh, they're just barking out, you know, I had to beat you myself. And I'm like, holy crap. And I'm going to go, I, I go straight upstairs. I'm say anything to them. I just, I just kind of give them that look, pass them. I can still hear him downstairs 10 minutes later yelling up at me <laughs> and that they wanted me to go down so they could beat the crap out of me. And I'm like, okay, these kids are just, wow. You know, they really get into it. And it, it, it it's a little violent over there. Sometimes I do have to admit, uh, D six holds, holds some really good shows and they have like guys like, uh, Aiden way, who is, uh, who, who I won the hardcore title from out there. Uh, he, he's a little monster. That dude can take a beating. I mean, I, I beat him with a, a pan that had a, a tacks that were taped to it. Uh, the pan was stuck to the side of his head. I mean, I, I murdered him out there in front of everyone, and they loved it. And uh, those kids out there, I mean, it's a little brutal and it's a little violent, but I, I like to see them get into it because, uh, hell, if you've ever been to Barstow, you know they don't have much out there. It's like a, it's a, it's a, the armpit of freaking California. No, that that's awesome, man. Uh, it, I'd love to see that sort of thing here. It'd have been funny if you'd have left the left the locker room with a guy just as big as you and been like, "Hey, that's monster right there." <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. But uh, yeah, the, I think everybody has their own craziness and weirdness in different states, and the kids everywhere get involved differently. Um, the adults do the same, but everybody has their all their qualities in their own little special ways, I guess. <laughs> now, a, a couple follow up questions before I get to my big question. Um, yes, sir. Dream matches. If you could, uh, I'm talking. If you were, if you were in ROH, New Japan, AW, WWE, any guy that you'd, uh, you know, you know, really want to, you know, get your teeth into. Oh man, I was asked that the other day. Um, honestly, if it was if it was AEW, I honestly would say I would like to go at it with like uh, maybe maybe with Cody, just because he he is. It seems like you know that just to be in there with him and have that experience with a guy uh, of that caliber, or even Kenny Omega. Um, that that would be just an honor in its own uh i'd be terrified as all hell but you know uh i think in that company it'd be one you know one of those uh one of those cats wwe give me bray wyatt give me that fiend because i want to slap him because i'm gonna say right now myself and atrocity and there's like three other guys who feel like we were robbed of gimmick because we all had a mask that was kind of not similar to each other but we all had close these masks enough. that were close enough. And then here comes a damn fiend coming out of the ring, coming out all creepy. So we all feel like he stole a little something from everybody. Uh, so yeah, give me, if it was WWE, I'll take the fiend any day. And, uh, and honestly, if in, in like new Japan, if I could have anybody probably, uh, man, that's a good one because there's so many. And I, and I've watched, recently a lot of new japan but there's just so many guys out there there's they, they hit so heavy that uh but i would have to say maybe uh lance lance archer just because that's a giant i would like to to get choke slammed by maybe you know once in my life <laughs> the the guy i would one of you see you against in new japan isn't there anymore and it really bums me out he's gone but i don't know if you remember watching uh i want to say maybe about He's been gone for about a year and a half. Uh, Kitamura, he was one of the young lions uh, back when they were the uh, the young boys, uh, and um, he was the the big giant juice looking guy that had that um, fang uh, mouth guard. That guy, man, I uh, he he was so cool. Yeah, I remember seeing some stuff on him. Uh, Cyrus Warsong, a training partner that I trained with, and a guy I travel with. Uh, 
kind of throws those names around uh, the, when we're driving out doing our, our, our weekends and stuff. So I'll kind of look these guys up on YouTube. And I was watching some of that stuff that from him. And uh, yeah, that that would have been it. That would be an interesting match between myself and him. Um, last question, man. Um, AWWE. If you were let, let, let's let's that's a that's a two part question. Which one do you like more right now? And then if you if you got a contract on the same day from both companies, who would you go with? Uh, okay, first question. Um, I used to watch a lot of WWE, and then their stuff got really boring. Uh, the storyline started to really tank. So uh, when AEW came out, there was storylines, but it was more about wrestling again. And uh, less uh, promo and all that. And I mean, I, I love promo, but uh, I like to watch wrestling. So uh, AEW kind of won me over. So I, if anything, I watch a lot of AEW stuff now or uh, Ring of Honor or even Impact. I mean, I even watch Women of Wrestling. I mean, who doesn't? Oh, I love WoW. It's wow Women of Wrestling. WoW is awesome. Yes, yes, definitely. And then uh, your second question. Who would I go with on the same day? Does it does it have to be the same day? <laughs> well, let's say let's say let's say you've got a month to think about it, and you're you're getting let's say you're getting let's say you're getting three hundred k from AEW, and WB offers you five hundred. Mm. I mean, you got your family to think about. I was you still... to think about. Uh, you got to think about your creative. Uh, uh, you know, control, uh, what you'd be happier at. I mean, like, yeah, you could make 500 K, but you'd be gone all the time. Never see your family. You'd have a better schedule with AEW, make $200,000 less, but it's still 200,000 a year. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Oh, definitely. Uh, I think I would say AEW for myself right off the bat, just because, uh, the scheduling isn't so crazy. Um, I know what I make now financially to what that would be yearly. I'd be like, okay, you know, I, or for whatever for whatever amount of contract time they would give you for that, I'd be like, okay, still worth the time and the money because that's still a lot of money. Um, and uh, because, like I said, the, the scheduling I think is the biggest thing of it. Uh, just because now I like to spend that time with my with my kids. Uh, like I said, because that's the one thing that keeps me motivated and keeps my head on right is uh, my kiddos and my, my other half. So being that, uh, I can still have that freedom and then still have that creative freedom to keep who I am uh, going and my, my gimmick going, it, it would definitely have to be AEW, hands down. Oh, that makes me like you a lot better. Not because not not because I'm partial to AEW. Uh, I don't have a family. I mean, I've got my I've got my my closest, you know, mom, dad, and my sister, but I don't have a wife or kids. And um, so I'd I'd be able to easily make that. Yeah, that, fuck you guys. I don't want five hundred thousand dollars and for you to hand me a script I got to memorize that was rewritten five minutes before I even got on fucking stage. Uh, I wanna I wanna hang out with the Bucks. I wanna I wanna theorize backstage. Uh, the entire time we're even doing a house show or even just on the road about what he can do, present it to Cody or, or Khan and then be like, yeah, let's do that. Let's switch a couple things here. And yeah, like, you know, good job. That's, that's you. I mean, like you, you can't stifle the wrestlers and that's, it's, it's not about the, cause you, you, you meet people that are all about the soap opera part and then forget there's, you know, yeah. Uh, athleticism going on and then you meet people that and that's why I like AEW is because there's good quality and just enough of all of it but it's primarily the wrestling and that's what it's all about and that's why that's why we're here yeah definitely and that's that's one reason why I do like AEW excuse me AEW because of of the uh, the whole part it's still wrestling uh, in, in the end of the day, people can say, oh, you guys are entertainers. Yes, we are entertainers, but we are wrestlers also. And that's one thing my uh, my trainers always keep putting that fresh into my head. You are a wrestler first before anything. You are an entertainer. 
but you are also a wrestler. So don't forget who you are, what you are, and where you come from, because you can be a promo person all day long, but if you cannot capture uh, the audience's attention while you're in that ring and you're wrestling, then you're not doing anyone any justice. Hey, that's what happened to Enzo Mori. Exactly. <laughs> that's why he hardly wrestles. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's why he's mostly on the cover of a of a flyer or something like that. Or on the cover of Whack Rapper Weekly. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's horrible. I don't even yeah, I don't even want to listen to that. No. No, but like man, his uh, it does bum me out. He he was really good. I, I'm I'm kind of sad that what happened. But the one thing I really love about wrestling is a good comeback story. And if he can get his shit together and, and, and what they're doing with Cass right now, when Cass flat out said, Hey, I fucked up. I got too drunk. I've got a problem. I've got depression problems. Now in my mind, I didn't find that to be impure. I found that to be an exact thing when he's saying, I've got a problem. I'm not trying to capitalize this off this right now. Let me get better. I want to see those guys come back and get better. Let Enzo do some, you know, give him plenty. And, and this is way out there. A lot of people are going to, you know, disagree with me. But you can't disagree with a good comeback story. If they can get their shit together, he can start learning how to wrestle and then come back, whether it's in WWE or any other platform. Hell yeah, because that is that's good drama and good wrestling if they can pull it off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like you said about uh, Big Cass, he he came out and flat out said that. And, you know, I met Big Cass at uh, Cactus League Wrestling at that big show they had. Uh, I want to say when was that? Whew, that was uh, August, August, beginning of August sometime. Uh, I was in that big man rumble with a bunch of the guys like Warpig and all them. And then Cass came in at the end. But I remember even like, just even meeting him, he's, you know, he was like a totally cool cat, but he was like, you know, make sure you guys don't, you know, mess up, put your head out your ass, you know, stay straight, you know, stay on the up and up, you know, don't let crap ever take you down. Uh, and then I remember even standing in the back and he, I didn't get one of the spots in the shows, even with the tryouts they had. Uh, the bearded lady actually got one of the spots in the tryouts. I remember standing there and I, you know, I was kind of down feeling like I was kicking myself in the ass because I couldn't, I didn't make it. And he's like, did you get a spot? Like, no. Well, what the hell? Well, don't worry, you know. Don't worry, don't worry. You're good, you're good, you're good. And for him even just to kind of say that and just like even wink at me and nod his head, I was like, well, you know, cool. At least, you know, he's he's still, he's like positive. And that's, and you know, you can see the change in his kind of character from who he was to who he is now. And, uh, you know, you can see it just kind of out from just his, I guess, his personality. He's just a cool cat. So I was like, you know, hell, if you can have a story like that and come back from some depression, man, hell, I've done it. He's done it. Everybody got a good comeback story. Like you said, it's worth the it's worth the shot to to at least experience what the that that story is about. Now, uh, last question before we bring it home, man. Uh, you got to put your homies over. Put your homies over. Who you got? Yeah. Oh man, I got a bunch of people, but uh, yeah, my homies so like Warsong, um, Cyrus Warsong. Yeah, y'all need to check him out. He did a show, uh, a match in Tucson with Two Shadows recently. Banger! They both beat the crap out of each other. I got the Bearded Lady. Uh, he's all over CLW. He's giving Jimmy her kisses. Uh, I mean, he's over there wrestling with Ellsworth, uh, James Ellsworth. So Bearded Lady's doing his thing. Uh, Mr. Happy the Clown, my homie, that is my good friend, uh, best friend. Uh, that dude's awesome. My my riding partner, uh, he's doing big things and party hard and, and uh, going places uh, all over the place with me and traveling. So there's him, Nick Turner, uh, my my new guy Donnie Castle that just joined the carnival, which was uh, previously Jesse Venice, or like you all knew him in Colorado as just Jesse. Oh, I love uh, Jesse. Uh, the, like, I saw him for one show, and he was fucking rad. Oh, dude, he's kick-ass. Uh, he's our new acrobat, so uh, he's known as Donnie Castle now, so Donnie Castle's one of my new guys. Um, and just, you know, put put my boys, those are all my training partners, so like Nick Turner, the defeatist, Warsong, Mr. Happy, Bearded Lady, Donnie Castle, uh, those are my training partners. Those are, we train weekly with each other, and... Uh, you know, those are those those are my those are my boys right there. Uh, 
this has been a phenomenal hour speaking with you, brother. Uh, I really appreciate your time. I cannot wait to shake your hand on a Saturday afternoon. I'll actually be yes, uh, I'll actually be running sound, and uh, I'm uh, a lot of people don't know who I am. Like, like we got a lot of listeners, but when they meet me, they're like, oh, you're the minefields guy. Like, yeah, like yeah, I've got the. I'm, I'm, the mine, I'm the minefields guy, and uh, yeah, it'll be nice to shake your hand. And are you bringing any of the uh, homies up with you, or is it just going to be you? Oh, man, I'm coming up there, so I'll be up there. Uh, we're bringing Mister Happy. We're bringing the bearded lady. Uh, uh, Donnie Castle is actually traveling up with us, and we have, have uh, Cyrus Warsong uh, that uh, is possibly riding up with us. And then we're bringing two guys down from uh, Tucson. Actually, I'm sorry, Mesa from Party Hard. Um, uh, what's it? Uh, Hendrix, uh, Jose Hendrix, and uh, Wyatt Two Shadows will be just kind of traveling along with us uh, to go meet everyone out there. So yeah, I'm gonna be bringing a full carload and some. Oh, that's awesome, man! It's uh, it's been a pleasure. I I I can't wait to see yes, you guys. Sir. We're gonna kick some ass on Saturday night, CSW, uh, Colorado Springs. Uh, this is dangerous. Minefields out. <laughs>